schizophrenia is the least understood and is the most stigmatized mental illness. And when we see people on the street talking to themselves or behaving strangely, we may think the person is on drugs or maybe schizophrenic or both. Because we don't know much about the illness, sometimes that person can be scary. Imagine how scary it is for the person living with schizophrenia. And the stigma is so strong that many people don't want to talk about their illness. But Jesse Bigelow is on the show today to talk about his experiences. But before we start, I thought it would be good to understand some of the symptoms, which may vary, um, but they usually involve delusions, hallucinations, or something like disorganized speech. So delusions are false beliefs that are not based in reality. Hallucinations involve seeing or hearing things that don't exist. Disorganized thinking is inferred by disorganized speech, so mumbling and not putting words together. There's also disorganized or abnormal motor behavior, which can be, a, a, you know, strange movements, um, maybe a resistance to instructions. And then the negative symptoms, which refer to the lack of ability to function normally. And for example, the person may neglect personal hygiene or appear to lack emotion. In men, schizophrenia symptoms typically start in their early to mid-20s, and for women, uh, more likely in their late 20s. And it can be very confusing for people to understand the difference between you know, substance use. Are they seeing someone who's on marijuana, methamphetamines, or maybe LSD? Because these can cause similar symptoms. Jesse Bigelow is here today to talk about his story. So I want to welcome him to the show. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, Janice. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, it takes a lot of courage. To, to talk about um, on on a radio show like this about uh, living with schizophrenia, it's um, it's probably the most stigmatized amount mental illness out there and and the least understood by people. So, I've honestly I've I've looked around for quite a while to to find somebody who's comfortable, and so I really really appreciate that you're taking the time to do this and, and, and to talk about this mental illness that, that really is so misunderstood. And uh, so let's just kind of start from the beginning, Jesse, and we'll just go through how, you know, what it was that, you know, when and how you were diagnosed and so on and symptoms. And we'll just work through that. And then you are a peer support worker, meaning that you go into hospitals and help patients who are people who are hospitalized um, and are dealing with um, scary situations and, and unknown situations, and they need help navigating that. Um, so let's just start with, uh, you know, when when did you start to feel that things were different from you for you from other people? Well, I think like even back to when I was a child, uh, I always felt like I was different. Um, way before I ever developed any mental health issues. And I grew up just as a regular young boy in the middle of Toronto. Um, and uh, it was, my childhood was 
pretty, pretty good. You know, there was, um, you know, I had, I had like a couple of friends on the street and we would, uh, you know, kind of terrorize the neighborhood in our big wheels and played a lot of street hockey and, you know, played catch and, you know, um, and, uh, there was no history of mental health issues in my family. Often um, people who have mental health issues, severe mental health issues, uh, it's hereditary, but it wasn't so for me. That, that's interesting because you're you're correct. Usually, usually there's something, you know, that doctors or family can point to and say, well, this or that. Not necessarily the same diagnosis as you, but that there's some sort of uh, mental health, mental illness that's been, you know, might even be an, an aunt, an uncle or a cousin or uh, even kind of further away than that. So I believe when we chatted before that you first started to notice some sort of difference between you and the way you perceived your friends to be um, sometime during high school. Yeah. So, you know, moving on from my childhood, but becoming a teenager, um, I got into a lot of drug use. So basically from, from, age 14 to 21 I was smoking weed every day all day like I would wake up and smoke I'd smoke all day skip class you know hang out in ravines and stairwells and and, and smoke weed um, and then I was doing other drugs like uh, magic mushrooms and acid and speed and cocaine ecstasy all these other drugs so when I started developing uh, symptoms of psychosis uh, I was misdiagnosed with having a drug-induced psychosis, right? And um, what happened was when I was hospitalized at, at KMH, um, which is the Center for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto, it's a mental hospital in Toronto, um, when, when I got off all the drugs and the booze, um, my symptoms persisted, and that's when uh, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. I want to throw in there that you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, how how few people are out there talking about their own experiences with schizophrenia. Um, schizophrenia, the the instance in uh, society is that um, one percent of the population will have schizophrenia. Um, and uh, but when you think about all the people around that person who is supporting that person like they're dealing with schizophrenia too we don't we don't go it alone right so back to uh um my symptoms of psychosis so um i uh was diagnosed with schizophrenia when i was 21 but i was i was uh i was very ill before i uh was diagnosed and yeah Sorry, I was just going to say, when when you were doing the drugs in high school, um, because doing drugs in high school is not totally abnormal, right? Like kids are smoking weed and they're they're doing that. But you were talking about, you know, smoking weed every day and, and you know, being in stairwells. Were your friends into the into drugs as well? 
Well, that's I mean, a great in, in a way, like, did it feel normal to you because your well, friends were into drugs well, as well? well? Yeah, well, that's that's a great question, and um, I, I I have to share that I'm I'm I I'm an addict as well as having mental health issues, which they go hand in hand a lot. Like sometimes people who are using drugs um, are using it to self medicate, or people with mental health issues are. Um, or people who are on drugs develop mental health issues, right? So when I was using drugs and drinking uh, to excess, um, you know, all my friends, I was doing it with all my friends, right? Um, but then I noticed that, you know, they could, they could stop, they could regulate, they could moderate, and I couldn't. You know, I, I, I discovered that I couldn't do that, right? Um, so with, with all the, uh, drinking and drug use, um, as I said, I was misdiagnosed with drug induced psychosis, but, um, my, my psychosis, I'll talk, uh, should I talk about my psychosis? Yes, yes, please. Yes. Okay. So, um, my psychosis, uh, uh, was religious, like Christian based. Uh, I wasn't raised religiously. Um, in fact, I hadn't set foot in a church or read the Bible until I became psychotic at age 21. So there was no history of, of Christianity in my family. I mean, we, we celebrated Christmas and Easter, but that was about it. Right? And so it was interesting that my psychosis took on a Christian angle, right? And uh, what my psychosis looked like was hearing voices, um, having paranoia, and uh, having religious delusions, right? To be diagnosed with schizophrenia, you need to have a cluster of symptoms, right? It can't just be one, one of those symptoms. It has, a, has to be a bunch of them to be diagnosed with schizophrenia. So though, because I had that cluster of symptoms, that's how they diagnosed me with schizophrenia. Um, and like paranoia, an example of my paranoia was, um, I would be in the schoolyard and there'd be a, a group of students over there talking and laughing. And I thought they were laughing at me, right? Um, the voices, when I first hearing, heard the voices, they were actually within my head. Like they, it wasn't coming from outside anywhere. It was coming from within my head. And, um, on the left side, I heard it commanding destructive male voice that I believe was the devil. On the right side, I heard a very calming, soothing female voice that I believe was the Virgin Mary. And I would hear these voices when I was ill. I would hear these voices all day, every day. Can you imagine how traumatic that would be, hearing voices like that all day? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Did it start yeah. in, in late high school, but um, the diagnosis came when you were 21? Because I know um, schizophrenia yes. all often starts um you know sort of late teens yes yes late teens early uh, 20s is the usual onset for schizophrenia but sometimes people develop it later on in life as well just like mental health issues right you can uh, develop them later on in life depending on like environmental factors and 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 things like that um and then the what i wanted to address 
uh, quickly too is the religious delusions was like me believing I was a prophet and at times believing I was Jesus Christ and uh, believing I had to find good souls uh, for the devil, things like that. So, yeah. So, um, I can, honestly, Jesse, I can't even imagine uh, what yeah. that would that would feel yeah. like. I mean, I've read some about it, and I, I, you know, I know. Uh, I feel I know a, a, maybe a lot more than the average person, right? Because I've read a lot about it, but I, I just can't even imagine what that must have felt like. And the religious delusions are so are so common. I mean, we hear about that as 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 a really common. Um, and I, and I wonder why. Do you have any any idea why it became so focused on religion when you were not a religious person? Um, I think because um, schizophrenia, I believe, is a combination of a spiritual experience and a chemical imbalance in our brains having to do with the neurotransmitters called dopamine, right? So you'll find that most people with schizophrenia have, have a spiritual side, right? right. Be because the nature of the illness, it, it can be like that, right? And it doesn't have to be Christian. It can be any, any religion, any faith, any spirituality, right? And I, uh, like, I identify as a Christian, but I, I also, you know, believe, you know, in Creator and Mother Earth and things like that, right? Uh, Spirit in the universe, stuff like that, right? So, um, what, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, uh -huh. what happened in that, that process or what happened that then, and was it your family who who said, okay, we need to get you to a doctor and, and find yes, out yes, what was yes. going on? Yes. So um, because I was hearing the voices, at first I would reply in my mind back at them in a talking tone, then out loud in a talking tone, and then out loud yelling at people. You know, you see people on the streets yelling at nothing, right? That uh, they're yelling at their voices. That's what's happening there. So what happened was my, I, you know, I was kind of like, you know, mumbling a lot and, you know, like talking back to the voices. Um, so my uh, dad had uh, a friend of his who was a GP come by and he said, yeah, he's probably had, got schizophrenia. And that, so he filled out a form one and I was apprehended, not arrested, apprehended by the police because it was a mental health matter and brought to CAMH, and uh, I was hospitalized there, right? How long were you hospitalized? Uh, uh, the first first time I was hospitalized for three months. Uh, the average stay uh, at hospital nowadays is two to three weeks. Uh, and then that was in uh, 1999, and then in year 2000, I was uh, hospitalized for another three weeks. So are you are you still having periods of time when because I want to talk uh, a, a bit about medication and the effects of medication, but are you still experiencing sometimes sort of a little bit of a breakthrough um, yep. with schizophrenia and, and then that requires a couple of weeks, I'm guessing, while they regulate your medication and. Um, so, yeah, I still have breakthrough symptoms, um, but uh, I haven't. Uh, changed my medication in a long time so I'm on the same anti 
antipsychotic I was on uh, in since year 2000. So. And I know uh, a lot of um, the, the medication and the amount of medication for schizophrenia can often be very sedating. And that's why people will go off their medication sometimes because they can't, they can't cope with the level of sedation and, and having the symptoms are more, maybe more acceptable. I don't know if that's the word, but, um, but that sedation, the sedation often causes people to go off their medication because they don't want to feel like a zombie. Of course. And uh, a lot of the time, People say they lose their creativity and stuff as well. Um, yeah, but there's many reasons why uh, people go off their medication, including like uh, there's a term we use in mental health called the revolving door syndrome, where um, somebody will go out on meds and get better and say, hey, I'm better. I'm good. I don't need the meds. Go off the meds and get sick again and go on and off and on and off. Right. Um, so there's lots of reasons why people don't want to be on medication and, um, where I work actually, um, maybe that's a good segue into that is where I work is, uh, I see, uh, people, um, medicated and like turn into zombies. It's so tough to see. It's so tough to see. And it's t especially tough for me because I was that guy. Because when I went on medication in the first place, I had flat affect, right? And flat affect is basically like showing no emotion and not not speaking much and, you know, and moving slowly and things like that. And so I was, when I they put me on antipsychotics in the first place, That that's what I was like. But fortunately, a, a couple of weeks into... Um, uh, going on the, the meds, my voices went away. So that was an important thing for me to experience, uh, to, to know that I have schizophrenia and that I need to be on medication. Right. I know that. I'm sorry. I keep saying I know because I, I, I don't. Janice, nobody knows, right. Well, that's yeah. what we have to do. Yeah. Consistently every day we have to tell ourselves, I don't know. And that's what you're doing now with your peer support work. So as a peer support worker, you're going into a uh, hospital, maybe the emergency room or maybe in the inpatient area and working with people who are schizophrenic, who are not understanding what's happening to them or they're in that period of, of getting on medication and getting well. So how did you get to that stage where you were able to do that? And I'm sure it's very rewarding for you as well. Oh, for sure it is. And it's honestly, I'll say that this is the best job I've ever had. And I've worked a lot of jobs. Um, I uh, first worked as a peer support worker at Canadian Mental Health York Region. Back in 07, I was there for eight years. Um, and then I uh, worked at uh, Community Connections through CMHA York Region. Um, and then, you know, I've been, I've worked, I've basically worked in the community for, for many years now. And, you know, work, working inpatient, I, uh, it's my first time doing it, but, um, 
I feel useful. I feel of service. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting, like, when I see myself in people, you know, and I don't always disclose my my diagnosis or my experience, only when it's appropriate, right? Um, and uh, I love working with people, you know, and... I love seeing people come in and how ill they are when they come in and how healthy they are when they leave, you know. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are older that are there for a long time, but most people cycle through pretty quickly, you know. Yeah, I can I can I know you said that it can be very upsetting for you as well because you can see yourself and it is scary. Mm -hmm. Because you can see yourself and and do you worry like it's scary because you could go back there again? It's true. It's true. We uh we have a daily reprieve, you know, it's one day at a time, right? I agree with that. Um I for some reason, I've been thinking lately every morning when I get up and I take my medication, it reminds me of where I am. Yeah. And sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you're not sure what your day is going to be like. And I've been very, very fortunate. I've been stable for many, 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 many years. But like you That's said, great. you got to do the work. And I think that the peer support work that you're doing is amazing for the person that you're that you're helping but I'm, I'm guessing it also helps you to um, stabilize yourself and put your, you know, put your mind where it needs to be for you. Working uh, as a peer support worker is, is, you know, I feel great that I inspire people and I give people hope that they can see me and, and my background and see how well I'm doing and think like, hey, maybe I, I can I can be as well as him. Right. And then and then for me, it's. Uh, it's so beneficial that, um, you know, I get out of my own head, you know, and I'm, and I'm doing something for somebody else, you know, and that's, that's an amazing thing when you can do that. Right. Jesse, uh, we're at, at our at time now, and I could talk to you forever about this, but I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, at the beginning, it's, it's a very hard stigmatized, uh, mental illness to talk about. And I really appreciate you coming on and and hopefully helping people unravel it in their brain and understand what it is when they see somebody who's struggling in a way that they don't understand because the person is in a psychotic episode. And that's, it, it can be scary. It can be, so you uh, being open um, about uh, schizophrenia, I think helps a lot of people not only in your peer support work, but just in the in the the world out there, um, help people understand and feel okay. All right, this is not someone who is just off the charts and never going to get better. I better run away. And just uh, maybe finally, I'll just say that um, you know when you see somebody out in the street or you see somebody who's not well. Uh, try to remember myself and that I'm well and I have schizophrenia and anybody who is unwell can get well. And that's a great place to stop. And um, thank you for your, your inspirational words. 
uh, there at the end. And hopefully, maybe we'll talk again soon. It's been really wonderful uh, chatting with you. Yeah, for sure.